As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Tallman. It seems as though you've been living two lives. In one life, you're Michael Tallman, a program writer for a respectable insurance company. You have a social security number. You pay your taxes. You help your husband carry out the garbage. The other life is lived in computers, where you go by the media alias Missy Information and are guilty of virtually every performance crime we have a law for. One of these lives has a future, and one of them is not a hate watch. Hello, this is not a hate watch. I'm Alice. I am Mr. Tallman slash Missy Information. That was beautiful. Uh, in Sapatico, I just absolute wonderful opening there some just really good (laughs) summation of some of the themes within the podcast i love it yeah so we i made you watch for not a hate watch i made you watch the matrix 1999's seminal trans classic directed by the wachowski sisters um largely misunderstood by the world um set off a revolution in action movies set off a revolution in sci-fi storytelling um, one of one of my favorite movies. So yeah, let's let's get into it. How did your watch treat you? I enjoyed it. It was very watchable. Yes. Which you've heard me say this term before. I'm now kind of using this as my metric for the podcast because I don't want to go super good, super bad. I just want to know is this watchable or not? And this was very mm-hmm. watchable. I found myself taking extended period with no notes. Yeah. Just simply because I realized I'm just watching this play uh-huh. out. Um, it was really fascinating, especially knowing how much I know from pop sure. culture and a lot of the big moments that you've just seen in clip reels or parodied, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand and one times by now, that how many of those moments still landed for me yeah. in the context of the film? Uh, I, I think I spent the first 30 minutes having to get into it and... There was a little bit of, not cynicism, but a little bit of like, okay, yep, I know the metaphor. Here we are. Here's the layering and stuff. And then at a certain point, I was just stopping and watching a film and really enjoying the the seeing Neo and all. It, it made me understand Keanu Reeves a lot better. Oh, yeah. Having, Absolutely. Not, not that I didn't like him before. Right, no. You know, like I'm a big villain Ted fan sure. and and enjoy him as a person. But this, I'm like, oh, peak Keanu. I was watching it and was like crushing. Uh-huh. And I never have had a crush on yes. Keanu Reeves. But I was like, oh, okay, no. This is that perfect era. Uh-huh. And really, just the charisma that he had really helped carry me. Like, uh, he is the main reason that I was really driving me forward. I'm like, God, he really really knows how to be a movie star. Yes. Like, just fantastic. Yeah, so I, I rewatched it, and I actually watched it along with the uh, the Blank Check commentary, which I'd never done before uh, while I was watching it. And they talk a lot about how he is just the perfect star. Like, they had talked about... They talk about how potentially it was going to be Will Smith, it was going to be a bunch no. of these other lead, like 90s leading men, John Travolta. And it's like, I, you you can't imagine anyone but Keanu in that role because he can play that sort of, um, like he can play that kind of oblivious and, and, and wonder in his eyes, as well as do all of the, the serious action bits and, 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 the more, and the more serious bits. He's just the perfect, he's just like the perfect culmination of all of the things that that character needs to be. 
Oh, yeah. I, the line that threw me off the most was the I know Kung Fu, because that's been parodied so oh, sure, hard. Yeah. And normally it's done in the middle of an action sequence or just before. Uh-huh. But that line is just so tossed away in the film yeah. where it's just him acknowledging that I'm learning new right. things. And I'm like, oh, this isn't really that inherently of a weird, funny moment. No. It just, it's, it, I have an example of some of those lines and things like even the what is the Matrix. Sure. Where I remember that being in the ads and stuff yeah. where a lot of this got memed mm-hmm. harder than I think the film actually oh, yeah. made some of these things out to be, yes. which I found really interesting. Yeah. One of, one of the things I will say, um, watching it this time, because I, I, I was thinking about it through that lens, and I know that you, having never seen it, were you were familiar with the idea of like bullet time and him, him like falling backwards and the bullets flying by and stuff. But like, Oh, absolutely. But, but, but that's that's not necessarily the most interesting parts of the fights even it's just it's just one of the things this movie mm-hmm. does it like there's so much other stuff like you like you might think that's like it's like a horror movie where it's like those are the kills those are the those are the only bits that are really interesting yeah. this movie has it in spades it has it all over well and even the that moment you know we'll jump ahead uh, that moment for me was another one of the big moments where, like, obviously, you know, seen it parodied, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I don't know how many different times. But just even the movie, the fact that the follow-up is, is that, oh, you dodge bullets, and he's, like, not well enough because he still got hit. I'm like, that part is even missed in a lot of the parodies. It's like, oh, no, it's, like, showing how even as he's gaining these abilities, he still is human mm-hmm. to a certain degree and that he's learning about his powers. Like, even that moment, yeah, I just was, like, totally in for it i i really enjoyed it i i had some comparisons in my head late into it realizing oh there are some similarities between everything everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. and this movie in terms of deprogramming decoding your life not being what you thought it Mm -hmm. was even to the 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 gaining of certain specific skills in order to fulfill you know functions Mm -hmm. and things like that I had no clue those connections were there, oh, yeah. you know, because I knew he was good at everything. But I thought he was good at everything because he is the one. Right. So it just all these things are happening no. only for him specifically. Not that no, it's a whole network of people who have gotten these programs, gotten these skills, got them in the files mm-hmm. to be able just to upload them into you and all that. It was really the, the, the side characters were very fascinating. Oh yeah, never trust Joey Pants. Why did they trust Joey Pants? I don't understand. Mistake number one. Well, okay, so this is interesting because they talk about this on the Blank Tech commentary. A lot of the members of the crew, the people who go into the Matrix, um, are people that Morpheus had rescued thinking that they were the one. And I'm pretty sure Cypher, Joey Pants' character, Mm. is one of them because he talks about at one point like how, oh, when Morpheus loves you, he loves you, but then he drops you like a hot rock. And it's like, oh, because he thought you were the one and then you ended up not being the one. Interesting. I'm really curious. Again, not knowing so... Not having seen obviously any of the sequels, yeah. Vaguely knowing of the of the plot structure, just having friends who had seen it going out there, I am curious how because obviously one of the plot elements of this is that Neo only becomes the one because he believes that he's the one after really not thinking, you know, after being told he's not the one. You know, the fact that I wonder how many of these other people could have also been the one had they believed it. And he's just the first one that had the combination of susceptibility. Not that's not the right word, you know, but was the right combination of willing to be open to it, which jokingly could be interpreted as is sort of like 
bafflement. <laughs> you know, and he being like, oh, just enough of a person who doesn't know what's going on to, to be open to what's going on. Sure. But yeah, I really, really... That part of it was interesting to me, was was the the whole fate and whether or not fate is actually fate mm. that was sort of lined within it. If you like that, you would love the sequels because they get really into it. Um, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to spoil it for you. But like, even when you said like the notion that, that Neo becomes the one because he didn't know, I'm just going to tell you, that's not true. There's more to it than that. Interesting. See, and I got to the end of this film and I was trying to decide... Because I didn't love it. Like, I wasn't totally blown away by it. And I only think the reason I wasn't is because I simply had most of the the twists and the the basic plot and the themes kind of out there. Yeah. So I wasn't totally whammed by it. Okay. But I did like it. I'm really interested now. I'd be willing to watch the sequels. Okay. To figure out what goes on next. Because I almost feel like, you know what? Now that I got the first film out of the way, which I feel like is the majority of what I know, I could watch the sequels and I think buy into the story in the world now. Mm-hmm. Even though I did, I thought the world was very gross. And I think that's part of the theme of what you're supposed to be on there. But aesthetically, this was not a very fun movie for me yeah. <laughs> at all. But are, but the storyline obviously was was pushed it through. Sure. What I will say is the they, they toned that down somewhat. You you do go to Zion, the city that they mentioned in, in two and three, and a lot of action takes place there. And it's it's more of a city than a like gross ship, but there's a little bit of, of that. Um, there's 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 a lot less of um, you know Neo in a pod getting with it with a tube down his neck and getting things fall <laughs> off. Like there's not there's not much of that. That that does come back in the fourth movie though. I will say um, the fourth the fourth is also my my second favorite after the first one. Um, it's very divisive though. Um, yeah, I think I think we will do that. Let's. I want to talk about your thoughts on the characters. Um, first up, Morpheus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Morpheus. So Morpheus, I thought, was interesting. Him having been the one that clearly has been released the longest. Mm -hmm. And it made it seem like the person who was the one, did he let Morpheus out? Like, I don't know the timeline for how long the one that was originally the one has been Gone. I can't. T- I can't. So I can't say this. this is, to me. These are spoilers. These are spoilers. That's fine. You're, you're getting okay, into fine. it. It's so great. I guess, oh, I know. I'm just trying because I'm just trying to take of what information he gave me in the film. Right. I'm not. It's true. I'm not trying to figure out from on there. Yeah. So I got that he was obviously. I mean, he obviously is the gang leader on that. But I found it. You're right. It's interesting. I didn't pick up on how often he'd been doing this. Mm-hmm. Like this sort of. Cyclo- I'm trying to think of the word, Sisyphean task that he's almost been tackling, mm-hmm. where how many people has he unleashed, you know, to think that they're the one? Like, we know, Trinity, at least, that was part of her. She was brought to the Oracle. Mm-hmm. As you said, there might be, uh, Cypher might have been done it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about Switch, um, or A-Poc. who's the one that was with an A? APOC. Yeah, I don't know about them. Or Mouse. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, or Mouse, yeah. So it was one of those things where... I guess I didn't dig that much deep into it, but I thought Morpheus was interesting. I mean, I, he obviously mostly served as, you know, just the the impetus to get Keanu to believe in himself, even though he's not the one in the end that does it. It's Trinity, you know, that really is the one that, that convinces him, even if it's in his subconscious that she manages to penetrate through. 
but I thought he was interesting. I I didn't think he was all that cool, but maybe that's just because I'm so distanced from it. I just remember everyone thinking like, oh, he's so cool, so badass. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's a dude. I, I think <laughs> this is because you didn't see it. You didn't see it void of context. Like you, you saw all the parodies and things. And yes. I, I do think that his spiel really hits you like like you know you the door opens and he's and he's and he's standing there and there's lightning behind him and he says at last and then he holds out the two pills and like the first time you watch this if you'd never heard of the matrix before you're losing your fucking mind at this point because this is like it's like it's like the the the, the first 20 minutes of the movie is building up to who is morpheus what is morpheus going to do and he's here to give you the answers well, and what is the Matrix? Right. Which that was the whole advertising campaign. I remember that specifically asking, what is the Matrix? Right. So when they brought that up in the first 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, right. Audiences had no clue mm-hmm. going into this that this was a film about people being in a yes. simulation. A computer simulation, yes. They just thought, yeah, they thought it was, oh, someone might be gaining powers, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like they knew it was an action film, mm-hmm. but that reveal wasn't in there. Right. And that reveal within the first 20 minutes, yes. yeah, had to be like, you realize, oh, this isn't the film that I thought I was going to see. Isn't the film that I'm going to go see? Right. That had to be like a really, really wild, like twists coming up early on. And I think, yeah, knowing that entire conceit sure. does blunten that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I still thought I, you know, I, I was li- trying to listen to a lot more of the philosophical arguments, understanding the the deconstruction before we get to the construct, yep. but the deconstruction where it's a lot about psyche, society, roles, your place within it, not reading too much into it early on without knowing their intention, but knowing that their trans identity comes later on and some of the issues that might have been percolating at that point in the script. Um, Cause I've heard people talk about that before. I didn't necessarily pick up on all of it, um, but I could see certain points where where that was in there, and especially the whole what you think inside of yourself, like even to your mind, the the part of you that you think that I am, even that I am is not right. Like you know, we're breaking down all the way to the Descartian, you know, yeah. uh, originality here, and having that part all just challenged. I think, yes, definitely relates to the trans experience. But as that was kind of where I saw it. And then I just got lost in the world and was trying to relate all these characters and, and how they all fit. And just was like, you know what? I'm not thinking of anyone from there. I'm not going to try and analyze it mm-hmm. while I'm watching it. I'm just going to watch a fun action film and, and call it at that. Sure. I mean, so the Wachowskis were not out as trans when mm-hmm. when the movie was made. Um they have said that they did not intend for it to be a trans allegory, but it just sort of came out of them because, as, as as I'm sure you are kind of aware, when you have gender dysphoria, it finds all kinds of ways to express itself. And, and, and then when you when you eventually transition, you're like, oh, there were a lot of signs. Like, um, one, of, yeah. one of the most famous cited examples is that originally in the script, Switch was supposed to be um, played by a woman in the Matrix, but then played by uh, played by a man outside of the Matrix. And so when the man goes oh, into the Matrix, he becomes a woman. That's why he, that's why the character was called Switch. Um, I guess the, mm-hmm. I guess the studio acts that, and so they just made it made made her just a sort of um, more androgynous, um, genderqueer like lady with in a white suit. But um, yeah, 
I, I, I really I really I really enjoy Switch and APOC. I think they're really good characters. I really I really like that that they are clearly together, the two of them. Like like they are a couple. Was that clear? I didn't get oh, it. Oh yeah, no, they're a couple, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Because Well that sucks that they got deep like they got killed in well, front of you. Yes. The one got killed in front of the other yes. one and the other one died. Like that's, that's that, that is why that's why when she says <laughs> not like this, it's me it's it's so much more. But um it also just speaks to like the life on the ship outside of outside of the Matrix when they're in the real world. Yeah. That was interesting. I was I was kind of watching and trying to see if there were differences in their personalities or how they were presenting between the two of mm-hmm. them. And obviously, like, the biggest difference, besides just Joey Pants being a traitor, sure. you know, and so his entire persona being on there on it. I really was interested in how much Trinity was masking and how much of sort of a, a cold front that she had to put up when really, you know, she's being driven by you know the emotion of love and that's what's fueling all of this it's it's not a sense of of logic or, or higher purpose and in 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 a like higher ideal it's for her like i know that i'm going to get love at the end of this and so i need this has to go well because this force still exists sure and this force wouldn't still exist if if that was what, what, let's talk about trinity so i find that interesting what did you think of trinity as a character i liked her i I think I I I need at a certain point this shut off, but I think the first thirty minutes I really was struggling with what's cool about this film, and I think it was just simply me knowing, having lived with it being around me for so long, I just became blunted to the imagery sure. and the the thing of it. Well, but, 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 but. So I was trying to fit, so I was trying to, fi- no, no, I'm getting to it. So I'm trying to figure out her character and I was trying to understand it. And then at a certain but point, I, I want, I want, again, I just sort of showed it off and thought she was really interesting. I want to know more about her. And I know the sequels have a lot to do with no, her no, no, character. No, 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 no. I, I want to rebut the part uh, about like, there, but... why, do, why don't you think this is cool? Because I like, I really think you need to put, just put it in context, which is it's 1999. Action movies look like Armageddon mm-hmm. and The Rock. They do not look like kung fu and um, tight fight sequences and long choreographed fight sequences. That is not something that Hollywood blockbusters do. That is something that The Matrix really brings to Hollywood. Um, the The first scene is this scene of Trinity getting chased in a, like a tight leather PVC cat suit. They're jumping across. They're jumping across buildings. They're landing in anime poses. Um, this is all cutting edge for like Hollywood cinema at the time, and the fact that it has influenced a generation of films afterward, like, speaks to its influence. But I, and so I get, well, I guess I like understanding like, oh, sometimes when you watch the precursor to things, it doesn't seem that exciting. I think this one holds up. Oh, yeah. I think this one holds up because it's still a good movie. It's like it's not like it's not like if you watch Citizen Kane and you think this is doing all these things, but I just I just don't see it. I don't care. Um, the other thing I will say is, in 1999, the internet is not really popular still. The internet is is a, is a thing that some people use. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird True. thing. I would say the majority of homes don't have it. Um, the idea of living inside a computer simulation to the, the public consciousness is very new. Um, the idea that you're going to live inside like the internet or live inside a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sims as a game didn't come out until 2000. 
And so, like, I think, like, the closest analog that people might use for The Matrix, which is a computer game where you, you're simulating humans, um, didn't hadn't even come out yet. And so it was really mm. radical ideas at the time, which which now in our, like, way too online connected world, just it, it's not the same. It's never going to be the same. Yeah, and I think that's where I had a, a few times I was thinking to myself, I'm really at a disadvantage having known some of this language and discourse just being where I am now as an adult and having found these things through other mediums or other conversations that just weren't the matrix. So some of the mind-blowing stuff that at the time I'm sure was all new to a mainstream concept and conceit, I've seen and dealt with you know, my own thoughts mm -hmm. on it. So I came to it kind of with my own lens and processing of it, but I wasn't learning anything right. from the film. And that's where I think, yeah, and I, and I recognize sure. that. So that, excuse me. So that way, yeah, I can see where once I got to the, the last part of the films, especially, I'm like, okay, I understand why this was as big of a deal as it was. While it may not be landing on me that exact way, I'm seeing all of this stuff where I realize, oh yeah, like I talked about with everything everywhere all at once. 20 years later, a film that was able to successfully pick up so many of the themes of this, and I didn't have to question mm -hmm. it because I had been exposed to it. And it had become a part of our our culture that I I got all of these things. I got the Kung Fu. I got, you know, the programming and multiverse and talking about, you know, how, how you even view the construct of your life and your psyche within that. Uh, so, yeah, I really kind of got it. Um, <laughs> Mr. Smith's Mr. Smith's accent though is the one thing that every time he talked I just was giggling because oh, it just Smith? Yeah. it's just the sort of yeah the sort of overpronounced American accent well, yes. that he was sort of sometimes doing and I know he's Australian, he's Australian so I know I know why he's doing it and I know it's because it's a program it's adapting language Actually, it's, it's not it's, it's natural it's form not, it's not that was not intentional it was literally just Hugo Weaving trying to do his American accent and it came out like that is what I, is my understanding. Well, uh, then I was reading out and giving the benefit yeah. of the doubt on another level. Uh, and but you know, uh, but to be fair, most of the way that he presents in that is so strange, and so you don't get this person's deal until you realize, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to get this person's deal because it's not a person, so there is no deal behind it. Although, are we explicitly told he's a program in this one, or am I no? The, the, information the, the, the agents, the agents are programs. Ones? They talk about that. Okay. okay, they do talk yes. about that. Okay, I know they didn't, they didn't go into super big mm -hmm. detail, I don't remember, because I felt like that's a huge... The fact that programs exist and talking about how they're built, mm -hmm. I'm assuming becomes a bigger part of the yes. sequels, because I felt I thought like that was... Like, that was a big part of what mm -hmm. The Matrix was, was them trying to, like, you know, destroy the program yes. or whatever, where it really is, no, it's, it's this is just a setup, how they're then going to basically do that, yeah. No, it's... I'm... Re yeah, I'm... I'm curious because I know where the last, or excuse me, not the most recent film, I know where the third film vaguely ends. And so I'm, but I don't know, in the sense that I know that Neo, like, does sacrifice himself for it, but I don't know what that means. And I actually can't remember if he comes back or if that's just, like, a twist or whatever. So I'm kind of curious. It's sort of like the knowing that Bella 
and Edward get together and the detail of it where you're like, okay, I don't know all the stuff, but I know where I'm watching and going. Having when I watched Twilight, sure. that was you know where I was going from I mean, there. I, so I'm curious. I'm curious. I think it. Neo sacrificing himself is one of the least interesting parts of the end of the is one of the least interesting parts of the end of um, Matrix Revolutions, the third one. Um, if we're gonna mm-hmm. watch them, you'll you'll definitely get your chance to see it. But it's like it's very obvious he's going to sacrifice himself. There's there's no there's no well, doubt yeah. when when they're doing it. He basically the last third of the movie is him going on a suicide mission. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm um I want to circle back to Trinity and Neo. What did you think of the two of them together? I had absolutely no thoughts or opinions whatsoever. Oh man, that's that 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 makes me so sad. I think that they, I, know. I think that the two of them together are just like electric, and it it only builds as the movies go on. Uh, I guess I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't care. I did not care about the chemistry between the two. Of them. I thought. I thought they the. I thought they were both good characters. But I guess I just was not attached to them being in love, mostly because Keanu didn't see, or Neo didn't seem to care that much about it. So I was just sort of like, okay, I guess I don't need to be vested in this because he's not. And then at the very end, then we get the reveal at the end, which I re again, knowing the franchise, I know that they end up being a couple, or there is at least a will they, won't they thing going on with it. It's not a will they, won't they. they. They are just like connected at the hip after this movie. Okay, so yeah, so I knew that, they, that there was coupling happening. So I guess for me too, I wasn't that invested in it happening because I'm like, well, this is going to happen. And I do not watch movies for romantic mm. plots or subtext okay. or anything like okay. that. I'm honestly kind of over. Okay, well then in you general even even yeah even good queer relationships sometimes I'm just like okay nice good for them but I'm just like get to get to the other stuff. You're gonna have a rough time with the, the sequels then. Oh, but see, okay, that's fine. But if I know what's happening, if I know that's a part of the, the structure, that's different than, like, you know, going into it and just being like, well, what is this? You know, what's happening here? But, yeah, I'd, I guess, you know, I'd, I'd have to, to see. Maybe the sequels will bring themes in that will recontextualize it, and I will relate to it a lot more. I just didn't, I just didn't think there was much going on in this, you know, in the first one. I thought it was so focused on on the storyline of bringing Neo into the forefront, I, I honestly felt like that was tacked on. To, like, the subtext of her being attracted to him is obviously there throughout. Because she won't reveal what the Oracle said. She's being cagey. She's obviously very attached to him. and I, So I got mm-hmm. it. But then it was just sort of like her being like, by the way, I love you. And that restarts his heart. And I had to, like, not actively groan and cringe into a into like a little pill bug, but I, I, I got it. I get it. It's not for me, but it's, it's, you know, you cheer, you cheer that love saved the day. Yay. Love conquers all. You're going to hate these the next movies. Then you're going to hate them. You're going to hate everything the Wachowskis make after this. Oh my God. But see, that's not true. Cause there is one thing that Wachowskis made after this, which I love more than I think most people love it. Okay. Cloud Atlas. Okay. I love Cloud Atlas. As problematic as it is in terms Mm -hmm. of the casting and and things like that, I just find the interconnectedness with the stories. And and also, I think the interconnected stories is amazing and great. And I think the subplot where the man uh, or Jim Broadbent's character is put in the nursing home is one of the single funniest plot storylines from a film and wish it was his own film outright. I just love that part of it. But yeah, uh, but 
I think that might be the only Wachowski film that I've seen and sentence apart from this. I'm really trying to think if I've seen anything else of theirs because they had the Matrix films. They had Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Uh, v for Vendetta. Uh, Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. Oh, V for... Oh, they were V for Vendetta. Yes. Then I've seen V for Vendetta many times over. Yes, I really enjoyed V for Vendetta as well. Okay. But I think I like futuristic fascist government getting blown up kind of stories. Sure. Um, he didn't like... Okay, because the... Going back to Trinity, her arc in the movie mm-hmm. is she is asked to recruit this, the you know, re- recruit the next person who's suspected of being the one. I think at the beginning of the movie, she's pretty cynical and, and not super up on him. And then yeah. over the course of the movie, she finds herself surprised that she's getting attracted to him until the point where... He, until the until until sort of the end of the movie when he he dies and she realizes oh I'm actually really in love with this person he must be the one because that's what the oracle told me see and that's where it falls apart for me I'm just sort of like okay uh, like so the oracle made you in love uh, like congrats I guess I I think that's the part for me that when that got entangled within there. I was just sort of like, well, is now she just, like, fatalistically just deciding I like this person because they have all these powers and they're the one? Like, now that's why I like it? Or does he become the one because she does like him and so that's the deciding factor that makes him have the powers and that's why his heart restarts? And I just, I didn't, I, I didn't care for it. I, I just was like, okay. And I knew, I figured that was where Swiss was going to be. The fact that she was, as soon as she wouldn't say what it was, it's like, oh, well, it has to be with him. And the fact that she hasn't revealed she loves him, I'm like, okay, probably is going to be a love reveal on that. I think, I think I just was like too, too cerebral. I was too cerebral at that point in the movie because I was dealing with all of these themes that I just was not in a, in a visceral, emotional state of being. Okay, because if you aren't liking that part of it, you're really not going to like the rest of the movies, is what I'll say. And you know what? I really want to watch them now, just to see if that holds Okay, but maybe we won't talk about the podcast, because I don't know if I can can take you tearing down Matrix 2 and 3, and especially, I I cannot take you, I I know I emotionally cannot take you taking down Matrix 4, which you are very much not going to like. If I do watch it, I promise if I am not going, if I will let you know ahead of time, this is for the podcast listeners as well, I will give it an attempt. I will give it an honest, not a hate watch attempt where, because I, I also, I did like the film. So I, I I may just end up liking the films apropos of, of that part of it, just for the world building and stuff that I, I'm willing to buy it in and watch it. Because again, I don't want to pre-go in thinking I'm not going to like it simply because, oh, a love story's in well, it's it. Not, like, it's that's, not, it's, that's it's, silly It's not just that a love story is in it. It is that the love story is the crux of the entire narrative. Well, then cool. I'll get to see why. I just didn't see it. I just did not see it in this film. So I think that's why I didn't connect to it yet, is that it didn't have a bearing until the very end as a, as a bit of a Dave says machina for me. But n- now once we flesh out this world and I figure out more of what is the Matrix that then may become more clear to me. I'm defying myself to like this. <laughs> okay. I did uh, just a couple of sparse notes that I have in here. Just some things that I I found interesting. I do enjoy 
well, a couple of times that people just answer phones as soon as they start ringing when they get them. And I just thought to myself, I would never answer a phone that just started ringing if someone just gave it to me or sent it through the mail and handed it to me. So Neo is a lot more trusting than I am in terms of uh, of answering all of these phone calls, especially from people who are just like talking to him from outside of context in space and time. If Which is why he's the if one. you got mailed a phone... And as soon as you opened it, it started ringing. You wouldn't at least look? No, I would throw it through a window. Wow. It would, it would freak okay, me so out. Okay, so you're getting caught uh, by the agents, and you are getting a, a bug stuck in your stomach, too, is what's happening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm getting a bug in my stomach. And I'm just like, jeezy Pete's. Uh, I did like one of his uh, skills that he learned was drunken boxing. Mm-hmm. I wish that one had come into play. Uh, maybe it will later on. I did write a couple times just gross, <laughs> just because of the stuff where, especially him getting peeled out, which I know it's supposed to be. But man, when he got flushed down in that amniotic mm-hmm. sack, all those holes in the back of his head and body, I was like, no, no, no. It. I really, it's funny to me, because I also was thinking about this with my friends growing up who are all evangelical Christians and how much they liked mm-hmm. it and how this is such a vessel to insert your own Christian narrative oh, yeah. form into it and easily make Neo like Christian mm-hmm. Jesus and all of these things within it. So I understood. And even there was a point where it was so funny because uh, uh, Agent Smith is talking about evolution. Yep. And I'm like, oh, even the evangelicals are like, ah, oh, the bad guy's talking about evolution. Ha ha. That's another point for our way. And so I just found it interesting how they were able to to weave these tropes we know about religious figures and Masonic figures and play into that. And I and honestly, that was part of the first part of the film that was annoying me. Because I knew this was Masonic figure, he is the one. I just kind of so was trying not to roll my eyes every time it was just bringing up and hinging on. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was being really cynical about it. But then again, the movie just pulled me in. And eventually I did care about him. And especially when, it, when again, I did not know that this film leaned so much into him not buying into it until really close to the mm-hmm. end. I thought he started buying into it earlier, which is why he's getting the powers. Mm. So having that part be disconnected, I was I was waiting for what is it going to be like for him to get the reveal, for everyone else. The fact that the Oracle tells him he's not the one. And it's like, okay, well, I, I know he's the one because I have that future knowledge. But he doesn't and no one else around him. Like, so... How does he become the one? And really, yeah, it is just him believing it. It it really wasn't interesting that it sort of was bending reality around you in the sense that when you center yourself and change how you view the world, it also changes how the world can interact to you being in it, which I just found very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I would say they don't. Uh, they are very clearly aping a a very messiah like figure with the one but in the in the next two movies they do really interesting things with it and it's not just that he's now superman who can do anything it is not just like that it is much more interesting and they start to talk about how people view him as who people who believe he is the one because th- because one there's there's no actual like we saw hard evidence, but the people who weren't there didn't see it, and so there's still a lot of doubt True. in the in the in the 
Um, there's a lot of characters who doubt that he even has powers or is the one, and that is a big theme in the second and and third movies. But also, um, it talk they talk about like what it is like to become someone like that and what kind of impact that would have on you. Um, but also, yeah, he's not like God all of a sudden. Where like I think like the stuff he does at the end of this movie is is way more like overpowered than the stuff he does in the other movies. He's he's much more he's like he has he has abilities, but he's much more toned down in two and three. Um, and 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 I think it's it's done in a really interesting way. I think I think like like the black check guys and and I agree with this. Talk about I, that's often why I think a lot of people are disappointed. Were disappointed by the sequels when they first came out was they wanted Superman Neo to go bust up some people and they did not get that. They did not make that movie. I thought the action scenes were really cool, but again, that's not what was pulling me in in the end. It really was actually all the parts in between mm-hmm. the action sequences where I just was getting to hear the characters talk about their experience and what their own perceptions and how that got broken down and and all of that. I The psychological aspect really was my hook for where I was like, okay, this is the meat. This is where I'm going to find my little nuggets mm-hmm. and where I'm going to be enjoying this from. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to suggest. Let's reconvene after you watch the second movie because the second movie talks a lot about the one and it covers a lot of the things um, that we've been talking about in this episode more so than the third one, I would say. Um, But I'm really curious to hear what you think after the second movie. And then if, if you want to keep going after that, you can keep going. I, I, I dearly adore the fourth movie, the one that came out last year, but it is very divisive, and I really don't know. Like, depending on how you feel about the sequels, you may not, you very much may not like it. But um, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. That sounds good to me. I uh, yeah, I it's a I, my brain is getting mixed up. The next one is Matrix Reloaded, yes. and then Revolutions. Yes. Okay, I am excited for it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot, especially because. At, at least if they're like this first one and they're as, quote, watchable as they are, I think I'll like them on that level. I mean, I, I, public I, perception would say that they are not as watchable. I think they are. I think I think 2 is especially watchable, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm really curious to think to see what you think of the second one. Me too. I Yeah, I did not expect to like this as much as I did. I really expected to have it go past my eyes and me just be like yep 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 okay yep and and to just sort of having known a lot of it before just expecting it to not connect but it really shows how strong this script is in spite of all that that it wasn't just me giggling at all the little bits where it's like oh that's from in here and oh there's the red pill or you know all these things uh, it, it just transcended into a really interesting story which again makes me more curious to watch the sequels because i know so much less about them that i think i will get some twists and turns that are gonna surprise me along the way Okay, and I and I am gonna be like Morpheus, and I'm gonna try to continue to believe that you are the one who will enjoy these <laughs> movies, even <laughs> though you it. have, even though you 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 know all the jokes apparently. Just uh, not even the jokes, just this one, and uh, oh my gosh, uh, I I think it it also was just gr- I have a thing where if I grow up 
or not when I grew up, when I grew up, a lot of my friends got super into stuff, but they'd get so into it where they would talk about it all the time to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, I just have seen this film from all of y'all quoting it and repeating the scenes and describing it to where it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to watch this film for. Like you all have just, you know, made me watch it from me. So it's, it has been interesting to revisit some films that fell under that category. And, and quite a few of those are on my not a hate watch list. Uh, and, and this being being one of the big ones. So yeah, it was nice to to finally be a bit removed from the, the friend fanatic uh, syndrome I had in there and just watch it through my own eyes. So yeah, I think that'll do it for our episode on The Matrix. Um, as we do at the end of each episode of Not A Hate Watch, we have to pick out the next thing that we're going to watch. And since... I picked for you this time. That means that we have to decide together on something that we both don't want to watch. Oh, we do, we do, we do. And I'm 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 saved because Joker Two isn't out yet. Oh yes, we are both saved. Uh, hmm, 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 hmm. Let me see. Now we have not done TV yet. That's true. So do we want to have our first? or TV show that we could add in there. Yeah. I, I see one that you're highlighted that we both did have on it. It's a pretty big one in terms of the, oh, I'm going to hate this level of, of, of knowledge. I think so, but it might be time to do that. Yeah. Because I think we're going to have to get this one off the list I... eventually, and let's... Bazinga. Let's, Bazinga. Let's Bazinga. Um, I had a thought for this. Let's try watching one episode from the first season and one episode from the last season. Okay. Uh, are we going to first and last this? Or not, we just not, gonna... not, not the actual first and last. <laughs> I, I'm saying pick a random – we'll both pick a random episode from the first season and we'll both pick a random episode from the last season and then we'll talk about it. Deal. Deal. I am okay with that. So in case it has been clear, we are going to watch The Big Bang Theory – a sitcom that I believe both of us are not expecting to enjoy, not expecting to like, not expecting to laugh at a whole bunch. But you know what? This is not a hate watch. It's not a hate watch. So I'm going to go in and see what interesting nuggets I will be able to glean from a show that clearly was popular enough to do well by everyone within it. I mean, lasted a lot longer than seasons of TV shows that I thought was really great. So what am I, you mm-hmm. know, to say on that? Yeah. Um, have you ever watched The Big Bang Theory? I have seen stray episodes or clips. I'm not even sure I've sat down through an entire episode before. Mm. I do know... That I ran into the recurring character that Will Wheaton plays yep. within the series. So I know it was something to do with his character. Because I was just sort of being like, well, wait, why is Will Wheaton in this? And, okay, so his character hates the other character. And what's going on? It was one of those truly I came in without a context and very quickly made a judgment call being like, I do not like this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be honest. Here's the other part, Alice. i just going to be real. I got compared to Sheldon mm. one too many times. And when I first sat down to watch the show, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, Michael, you're such a Sheldon. And I watched it and I was like, I have been insulted by people for years. Mm-hmm. 
by them calling me this. Is this sure. how they think I am? Like, wow, what a what a way to think of yourself. Not highly. I mean, well, I mean, but also Jim Parsons gay. I mean, maybe they were just trying to tell me that. They might have just been like, Michael, you're really like Sheldon. I think you need to look up Sheldon and uh, and look into their work a bit. Yeah, um, I've watched one episode of this show, but I'm going to tell the story on the next podcast because it's a really oh, good. good story. Um, and I think it'll be better in the context of having seen the show. Perfect. We will wait for that then. Okay, we're going to bazing, bazang, bazong ourselves out of this episode. We are going to answer the telephone. We're going to zap ourselves out of the Matrix. And as we always say, call trans-op. That's the first thing we see on screen. And you know what? I think I shall. I think I shall. (laughs) 